I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers. We're talking about Black content creators in particular. Do they get the respect they deserve? Are they given the credit and the payments that they deserve? That's what we're talking about with an amazing panel. Joining me is Clayton Davis from Los Angeles. He is a film awards editor at Variety. He's originally from New York, but working in LA now because he's covering the entertainment industry there. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us uh, from Atlanta is Joe Stone. He's a content creator and podcast host. Joe, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Cherie Smith. She's the editor-in-chief of Laptop Magazine, joining us from New York. Cherie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Cherie, what made us want to do this topic at this particular time is all of the talk that's going on around TikTok and Black creators feeling and proving that they are not getting paid what they deserve in terms of, you know, in terms of the credit, in terms of popularizing songs, dances, all types of things. What is at the core of this? I mean, honestly, it, it, I have to say racism, like like n- nothing short, nothing less. Like uh, we depend for TikTok, you use algorithms and it generates a for you page and it starts off pretty um, bland, like just serving you up uh, con- quick bits of content. But as you uh, as you use TikTok more and more and you start clicking on and adding favorites, you get a more personalized experience. So what's going on right now with um, Black TikTok is that a lot of popular TikTokers that are either doing dance or makeup or fashion, anime, you name it, were there. Um, they are not getting pushed to those for your page um, algorithms to a a mainstream audience. So I'm getting all the black TikTokers because I actively um, subscribe to black, Latino, Desi, indigenous people, TikTok. So, uh, because that's the type of, that's what I want to see on my TikTok, but they're not getting that big push despite being uh, the creators of some of the biggest dances, some of the biggest challenges, a lot of these trends that uh, as we saw with Jimmy Kimmel and the Addison Ray debacle uh, just stole a whole dance from a child. Did not credit that person, and it blew. It eventually blew up in both Addison Ray and Jimmy Kimmel's face. Um, but it shouldn't have had to be uh, that type of blow up. Like credit your work. If you did the work, then it's yours. But if someone else did it credit that creator. It's very simple, but we see it time and time again, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Twitter, wherever we are, Vine, Vine was like, wherever we are and we're doing the trends, we are not getting the recognition um, that we deserve. And it's honestly, I think it's criminal. What, uh, Joe, Joe Stone, as a content creator, how do you feel about that? Is it, do you believe there's this type of digital discrimination going on? Uh, I think it's a complicated question. I, I think it's a little bit more complicated than it just being about race. There's a lot of factors involved. Like, for instance, um, I think there is a significant misunderstanding when it comes to like content worth, especially on TikTok, because most people aren't making money from their TikToks. And as and and there is like a there is a community that is that that was used to be promoted by gurus on TikTok. Like if you went to TikTok, you would see about 10, 20 gurus telling you, hey, go look at TikToks, go write down your favorite ones, then copy them and then make videos about them. So that is actually like a part of TikTok. Uh, now, they, they're getting away from that because of all of the recent, you know, conversation around black creators not getting the credit they deserve. But that is kind of 
a part of the community community of TikTok, but it also stems from people just not knowing the worth of the content. So if you're a large creator, right? And, or if you're just a regular person, you make a video, you're just having fun with your friends. You're not a content creator. Now a content <laughs> creator may see that video and they're not making no money after that. They saw your video get a hundred views. Nobody cares about that video that you made. I'm going to copy the video. It may not even be looking at it from a negative perspective. It's just like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing because that's kind of like the copy dance movement that like that's the thing on TikTok. Like they copy dances. They everybody do, does the challenges. Everybody does the dances. And I think that is just kind of absent-minded because for you, I mean, for that person, them dropping a TikTok video means nothing. But you are using that TikTok video, and TikTok pays a little. You may have made no money, or you may have made a little money, and you don't see how you are taking away from that creator or that black the, creator. But the recognition, yeah. but recognition and numbers translate into no, money. And, and exactly. And Clayton Davis, it, is it, it this complex? Because it also hit a nerve among many Black creative individuals about this historic disrespect and disregard for Black creativity. You know, we've seen yeah, it in music, I, we've seen it in film. Yeah, and I think I think what we're all describing here is a lack of education in the media space. So this mm -hmm. goes to simple journalistic integrity that we all know about, about citing your sources. If that doesn't happen often enough, then... That, that ends up being the failure. But I think we're almost at a point now when um, when students are in school, I think we may have to start this even in elementary. I think we, the way we make gym of requirement, health requirement, science, social studies, media something of like when you're when you're putting your your things out there you know the, the ramifications of putting stuff in social media, mm. ethical questions, but then also, how to protect yourself, you know, and, and the liabilities is TikTok is one of the new kids on the block. They don't mm -hmm. know about algorithms and stuff quite yet. You know, they're just kind of spitting it out. And yes, the, the creators are not, they don't have a big promotional system to make money right now. They're people are on TikTok seeking fame. So the black creators that are on there, while well, they're doing amazing work because we're providing a lot of the basis of all these, you know, trends getting up everywhere right. else. We're not knowing how to monetize that and make it work in our favor. And, you know, we don't have, you know, the big media mogul parents that are going to just be like, hey, actually, I'll take that and throw that on the Jimmy Kimmel show and make you even more famous from it. A lot of those things that those are what's lacking at the moment. It's just a, a simple thing of educating the community to know what their worth is. OK, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll find out what our guests have to say. Is it a question about education? Or is it a question of cultural appropriation? We'll be right back. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about Black content creators. Do they get the compensation and the respect that they deserve for what they create, especially on TikTok and on social media? Joining me for this conversation from Los Angeles, Clayton Davis. He's a film awards editor at Variety, originally a New Yorker. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Joe Stone from Atlanta. He's a content creator and podcast host. Joe, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also joining us is Cherie Smith. She's the editor-in-chief of Laptop Magazine. Cherie, great to have you with, you. Thank you with us. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. All right, Cherie, do you believe that this is about digital kind of illiteracy or digital ignorance? Or do you think that there's something else going on here? 
for for newbies and content creators, I think there's a bit not no, I'm not going to give that to content creators, especially bigger content creators, because they know what's at stake. Um, I'm not going to give TikTok a pass either, because um, at this point, there have been so many articles they're like black tiktok is literally calling tiktok out every day about their practices and being shadow banned and being kept from um being able to make to even get on the uh, proper algorithm so on tiktok if you get uh, there are plenty of trolls like there is like uh, mm -hmm. um so if your video a couple of your videos get pulled down you um you can appeal and if they get appeal if the appeal is approved your videos are returned back into the spectrum but there's also this thing called the shadow ban there what, what, is, what, explain explain for us what the shadow ban is so a shadow ban means that if i'm subscribed to you then i'll still be able to see your um content but it might not be getting pushed into the for you um page so you're not so it's really not getting seen so you're you're essentially being buried like they're kind of watching you and making sure that you're um staying above the board and then maybe they'll put you back in but um there there's a there was a creator who has brought to light that you can say in your intro because you have a bio on tiktok and you can say who you are what you stand for like if you want to put a blm in there whatever it is um caused a lot of uproar because he noticed that if he said that he was Black Lives Matter or this was a page for, um, for and by Black people, he couldn't put certain phrases in there, but you could put words like neo-Nazi or anti-Semit or all, all these things in there and TikTok would approve it no problem. And I just can't give a big technology conglomerate that passed because we've been on Facebook's neck about it for years now and they're right. just now starting. To, so if you see that we're uh, taking Facebook to task, why do you think that you're going to get away with it? Right, I don't think, be able to get, I don't think be able it's, I just don't think that it's ignorance. I think that there, I think there's a willful ignorance on the fact that money talks. So if this is continuing to make money and you don't, and you're continuing to give content, we're going to keep doing the things that you do until we, so that's what's going on with the, uh, Megan the Stallion. Then, Clayton, what, um, Clayton, what, what about, what about that? Because you, you, is it, is it about, is it about the money? Is it about the audience? Because some of these same arguments were made, you know, made about various films. Like you can't have a, a, a all black cast with a black director and have it be a, a blockbuster, People yeah. are going to watch. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, I mean, simple answer, and it's and it's not like it's not the one that we like. It's all of the above. It's everything. You know, this this all. You know, I, I you know I follow I, like I follow the Academy Awards. I follow the Oscars religiously, and Oscars have always been a scapegoat to what the real issue is. People get mad that they don't recognize black films or or any people of color in various acting categories, but you can't vote for what's not there. This is a we need to get into the minutiae the minutia of what's happening in communities all across oh. the country. You have to, I, I, I was born in Bronx, New York. I had, I'm, I'm blessed that I'm in LA today, able to do a job that I love. And it's my dream job. I didn't know this was my dream job when I was five, 10, 15 years old. I didn't discover this. Until I was you know, well into my twenties that I could have a career like this. So this is again, an educational issue about getting, filling that pipeline for the next generation but when it comes to artists getting their due we i mean listen we've seen this in you know rock and roll jazz i mean just every facet of art for for the centuries. grammy nomination the grammy nominations too categories 
Yeah, and 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 this is just because we are in such a, a divided part of our of our country now. Anything, everything is just the block is hot on anything that deals with race. Nobody wants to. Race is supposed to be uncomfortable to talk about, but no one wants to have a meaningful discussion and acknowledge what is happening to communities of color and what's been happening. And just saying like, yeah, you're, you're being mistreated. You're, you're getting the shaft. What can we do to fix it? There's just an argument that it doesn't exist at all. But, but you that, don't, but, but if you don't know, you don't, you know, if you don't know how the whole system works, it's hard to know. Just yeah, how much well, you're being it's, it's not always, I, I, yeah, it's not always. And I don't know though. I think people have too long leaned on. I didn't know that it was this bad. No, we were telling you, you just weren't listening to us. Okay. So, but, but, I, but I do see the point, like, if you don't know, but you have to really pull the rug up and see all the stuff that's underneath. Like Joe, in turn, like explain to us how important these algorithms are and just because your rise, you know, your expansion, you've expanded mm-hmm. your career all yourself, you know, with your own name, your own hard work. Tell us about that. Like, how does that work? Like what's important to well, you? Obviously, obviously number of, views, number of followers, number of fans is, but there's got to be more to it than that. Well, the thing is, is, and I think Eminem said it best. Uh, he had a famous line where he was like, um, if I was black, I would have so half. I didn't have to finish high school to know that. And I think that speaks to this situation where it's like, okay, is it all a racism problem? I I don't want to be quick to just make that the entire conversation. Is it a part of it? A hundred percent. But I also think like if you're a black artist, the people who are going to relate to your music first, your first fans are going to be black people. Black artists don't cross over until they get to a white fan base. That's what crossing over is. But until then, your fan base is usually going to be pretty small because you're talking about 12 to 13 percent of the population as opposed to like 60 or 70 percent when it comes to Caucasian. So it's not the same thing. Your initial fan base is going to be smaller you have a smaller pool to, uh, to get from and there's other creators also trying to garner attention in that fan base so the competition is higher and and the people who consume the content if we also forget we are most of it, most black people stay in uh, highly populated major cities. We don't really get a good view of what the rest of the United States look like. There are people white people everywhere else you know what I'm saying in rural 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 areas I mean areas and they are used to seeing other white people. They're probably not gonna like your, your video. They're not gonna understand your vernacular. And it's not, it may not even be racism. It just may not be, they, they're just not interested in it. So you have a smaller market to market to. And I think that reflects in TikTok and every other social media. It's black, I'm gonna jump in there because it's black popular okay. culture, it's black music that drives American popular culture. 100%. And is now driving hip hop, which is the number one most streamed Form exactly. of music around the world for like the second or third year in a row. Sheree, what about that? Like the numbers are there, but you have a lot of whites who are buying products, creative products from created and generated by black culture. Where's the where's the balance in that? I don't think there is a balance. Like, I, I, like I, it's just very interesting to see this current generation trying to take um, AAVE or African American vernacular English and say, "Oh no, that's the culture. That's the generation's link, uh, language." No, those are all slang mm. terms made up for and by Black people through various uh, uh, dialects and locations, what have you. It just so happens that it got so big that now you know about it. But at the end of the 
day, all those little hips, yes, and and all those little terms that you love and uh, and want to say and want to sound cool, those come from black people. Uh, the popular saying still remains: um, people want our rhythm, do not want our blues. Like if you dig into TikTok, whether it's political TikTok, the gender wars TikTok, which is a whole nother thing. But like, there's a saying, you end up on the wrong side of TikTok. For me, the wrong side of TikTok is the race of racist conservative TikTok, or like when you're calling out cultural appropriation, uh, there is this huge backlash. So, um, there was a black Barbie trend where um, just celebrating black women being beautiful in all our glory. Uh, and you're just lip syncing the words to Nicki Minaj's black Barbie and just, just being pretty. Um, why are white girls doing this? So white girls started doing it too. There's, there's all these songs that you could have chosen, but you chose this song. So when black creators started calling it out, like it, the, the, it was just such a big thing. Like, oh, well, why can't we sing the song? Why do you want to sing the song? Why do you want to? Why do you because, want to because claim it's, yourself it, as a black bar? Hold on one second. Clay, what about that? Uh, I, I, I want to be mindful that what, we're, what I think we're getting into and becomes the argument that I've heard too often in Hollywood when it comes to movies. And you spoke about this earlier, Lisa, is that when, when a black artist goes into a room and pitches a movie, you know, they'll... You know, they say like, oh, black stories don't make money, but but we've seen time and time again they do. But Joe spoke about that briefly about that crossover element, and I think th that's where this argument comes. Like, is is a movie is a is a piece of art only for a particular group? But corporations don't see that. They don't, they don't see for a particular group. They see why where can I make the most money, money for for this product. And we, that's, that's why it becomes very uh, important to talk about diversity and representation. And it's not, you know, we have artists like Barry Jenkins that's doing, you know, that directed the best picture Moonlight. But then we also have artists like Chloe Zhao that directed the best picture winner last year, Nomadland. But that's a white story. That's the Trump America story. But it was told, but it was told by an Asian woman. So I think we have to really start assessing what is, represent what is representation but also give credit where credit is due to if if something is created uh should we talk about this briefly i know jason banks he's a stand-up comedian that's big on tiktok and he plays like himself and three kids all the time and people use uh his his audio and make their own little funny you know voices based on that conversation but they're not citing him but he's always getting hit with like bands and, and and things like that on particular videos and some of those people that use his audio have more views and they are white artists or white creators so tiktok has to step in and say we need to make sure that everyone's getting their proper due because if i go in and use any particular song in a, in a video they won't right they won't away. even like, it, it's like instantaneously so, like you don't even get to put it out so th that that is we it, it, all lives are created equal, quote unquote, you know, then let's, then let's show then that. Let's have an even enforcement, like exactly. even enforcement of these, these rules. We're going to take a short break. This is Sweet Soldiers. We're talking about black content creators. We'll be right back.
Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles P, the Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people, only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about Black content creators, in particular, the TikTok situation. Are they getting the credit they deserve, or are they being kind of shunted to the side after their ideas and their products and their content are taken by others? and really given a lot of attention and a lot of support. Joining me for this conversation, he is in LA, he's a native New Yorker. See, I'm saying that, I don't wanna start the East Coast, West Coast beef over here. Clayton <laughs> Davis, he's the Film Awards Editor at Variety. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us from Atlanta, Joe Stone. He's a content creator and podcast host, one of the hottest new personalities that you see on the internet. Joe, great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Also joining us is Cherie Smith. She's the editor-in-chief of Laptop Magazine. Cherie, great to have you with us again. Great to be back. Thank you so can much. I, can I just say, we've been talking about yeah. content creators. We have not been giving you your source in here, Lisa. You look fired today, by the way, oh, with the dress so and hair. It's, 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 it's cooking today. So I just want to point that so out. Make sure, I, make sure I'm sourcing the, you know, everything and giving the proper due. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, Clayton. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I survived the week of humidity, New York, the famous New York humidity. Yeah. Anyway, the minute I go outside, it'll be straight again. Um, <laughs> anyway, Joe, Joe, let me come to, but thank you for that. Joe, the, in, in terms of this whole argument, where do you see, where do you, do you think there needs to be more policing of content the way they do with music? Cause Clayton is right. It's like you even post a snippet from a live concert they, they have a way of detecting that and the, they will shut you down on Instagram. You know, like you're at a concert what? and there's music in the background. It's not credited to anybody. What, what do you what do you see going on here? Well, I do think that's important. I do think that at this point in the game, especially technology wise, there is the technology to make sure the creators get their content. I mean, get their recognition when someone uses their content, uses their sound, uses their idea. There is a way to have it be done. And I think we need to start pushing these platforms to make that happen, especially so that the creators can take back the ownership of their content and so that they can actually monetize it because we... TikTok gives this illusion that the content is not worth much because of the way that it's easy to create, it's easy to copy, and it's like right. a part of just common practice. But this content is valuable. You have people building million follower fan bases, and you know, you know, maybe they're not making any money off that particular TikTok, but it's getting you, you know, interviews on these shows, it's helping you sell your merch, it's pushing your podcast. So yeah, maybe you didn't make a dollar off the, that off that TikTok that you stole, but it helped fuel your machine, it keeps your your income running. But I did want to go back to um, uh, Sharice. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, point about the whole black Sharice, uh, black Barbie situation when it came to Nicki Minaj. And I, I want to go back to that because I see sometimes in these conversations, we get kind of stuck in the weeds and we overcorrect and then start becoming, I guess, I don't know, more, too more aggressive than we need to be. So like, for instance, if I'm Nicki Minaj, I want all of those little white girls singing my song. I want them making as many videos to that song as they possibly can because I get paid off it every time they do it. So, I mean, you're saying, and you, and I get it. They do want black culture. They don't want black pain. They don't want black stories. And I will agree to that 100%. But at the same time, we have to be careful about the narratives that we put out because at the same time, these creators are saying, well, look, we want a part of this white fan base too. Put us on the For You page. Well, you can't say that. And then at the same time say, well, now I don't want you using the sound that I created. Well, that's Should the we whole point we is what to about get that? that attention. 
I think there's a time and a place for everything. I think like, so True. like if it's a dance craze, fine. Like, so right. So perfect example. Um, Megan Thee Stallion's latest song um, came out. Black, black TikTok. I was like, we're not making any dances because you don't credit us and we're not doing it. So if you look up the song in question, all you see is just, just, ridiculousness nothing no dances nothing fly no just fly people moves. just they don't know what to do with the what to do with themselves and it's just become a big old joke so if you look it up like it's just like you will you're going to acknowledge us and you're going to acknowledge us in the way that we deem fit like there's a time and place for every, if it's a dance yes let everyone do the dance give the credit but if it's a specific like a specific movie it's literally like Hey, this is just something to appreciate black women and their beauty. Like it's uh, like because that particular trend is also under the protect hashtag protect black women hashtag black beauty. Uh, like this is a specific challenge. It's just like okay, well we want to be the, this ain't for you, boo. Everything ain't for you, and that is okay. Right, but everything is always always comes down to being about the money. Right. Like, like the, who's making the who who's making the money. And if it's a broadcast game or it's a follower game or it's a let me get enough numbers so I can get sponsored game. It's the bigger the number, the more money you make. Right. Absolutely. But I think that with t- there's so many versions of TikTok. There, like there's gay TikTok. Right. There's LGBTQ TikTok. There's there's anime TikTok. There's a black <laughs> Alt, alt goth TikTok. There's goth TikTok. There, like, there's so many sections of it. So with this particular thing, this was for Black TikTok. This wasn't for mainstream TikTok. Is Clay, that what, what Nicki Minaj said? Yeah. I don't think I don't think Nicki waited at all yet. Has she? Yeah, I, I think I think that's what that's where I think the the messaging. I think that's kind of what Joe is is, is alluding to here is that. So a great example is like the ALS challenge that took place a few years ago when everyone's throwing ice bucket, the ice bucket challenge, you know, throwing ice bucket right. of water all over themselves. None of us had ALS. Right. And the whole point of it was to raise money for that community, but everyone got into it and it just became kind of, kind of a craze. And, totally. while, and while, and while I, while I see the point the tree is making that it's not for the white community, I think there's a way for them to participate and and still credit where, what the the core of it is. They can do the dance like this is you know this is for hashtag Black Beauty. I am black, but please make sure that you're you know you know you know represent uh, you know respecting black women and and th- there's ways of going about it. Again, I think that's just about providing a a safe space and also an honest and raw space to have an uncomfortable conversation regarding race. Why is it that this dance craze, you know, using, utilizing the Nicki Minaj song is taken off in the black community? You know, that those are some questions that I feel like need to be asked and we need to be able to have the conversation that a lot of people just don't want to have on, on various sides of, of, the, of the spectrum. But this is happening, okay, should we both, in, in terms of how people feel, because it, it's just, it's like this open, it's, it's this open wound of racism, I think, that's manifesting in so many different ways. Like we talked about it on Street Children. We did an episode when all the high fashion houses, when Gucci and Prada and all these big fashion houses, they're taking every, the runways were full of looks that were from the streets, predominantly from black commun- urban communities. 
And yet there was a the tremendous disrespect and some outright racist images that they had to back away from and apologize for and, and try, try to do. But in, in terms of the trends, like, the, like dancing, I mean, you can barely get a copy video or photograph copyrighted or trademarked or protected on social media, let alone like a dance move. So what do you say to people who are like, well, how do they want to get compensated? Mm. Hmm. Like, I think it, I think with dancing, like, I think that the laws are going to have to like technology is always three steps ahead of the law. So like, <laughs> so I you don't, don't buy any of this argument about like TikTok. They didn't really know what they're doing or there's not really any ways to kind of. No, I absolutely don't buy it. Like they, <laughs> like they, they basically, you're, like, a, technology, basically, you're a technology person. Okay. Yeah. No, like I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're I think this is awareness. Out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean listen, a, a great point to make here. Like, look at God rest his soul, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther. Black Panther drops, makes a bajillion dollars. And what was everyone doing, especially the white community? Wakanda forever. You know, just like walking around doing it in the middle of the street. And even like, listen, and rightfully so, the black community grabbed onto that film, held it tightly. But for me, as someone who's been fighting for representation, diversity in film and media and all these spaces, it felt good to see, as terrible as sometimes it was, it was to see them try to do it, but it was good to see all groups like participate in you know, trying to do a Wakanda Forever sign, walking in the street and doing all these videos because it was something that spoke to the masses. It was about African culture you know at first black superhero and it made so much money and it's still currently the first and only marvel cinematic universe film to get nominated for best picture it got the first black people not even women but black people to win production design and costume design like these are like these are these are like achievements and i I know that like it it, it, like it it is for it speaks to us but it we're never going to have true equality unless everyone comes to, to the table to see it. Now, I'm not saying everyone needs to speak at the table. And Sheree, I think that is the core point of like, some of the, like everything's not for you. Not everything. You don't need to say anything. You can come and join, but there's an understanding and a balance that As needs an to be ally, I don't know how we're right. going to get there. Yeah, exactly. All right. We're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about Black content creators. Do they get the compensation and the credit they deserve? Joining me for this conversation, Clayton Davis. He's a film awards editor at Variety. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Joe Stone. He is a content creator and podcast host. Joe, great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Also with us is Cherie Smith. She's the editor-in-chief of Laptop Magazine. Cherie, thank you so much for being with us. It's always a pleasure, Lisa. We appreciate it. Cherie, so in, in terms of what role in all of this controversy does technology play? Technology plays a big role because like it's it's that it comes to it starts with the algorithm and the way that it's programmed, uh, the way that it evolves. It's it goes into moderation practices and it goes into who gets rewarded for what. 
So if like we're going by paid views and of course the more paid views you have, like the more popular you are, like the more people might want to work with you. So it's important if you, if the, backbone of this platform that you've built is with a certain community that you make the effort to reach out to that community and really develop that sound like hey okay we've seen that you've made something like you've kicked off at least two or three trends like we want to work with you as a pre as a vip we want to get you the equipment that you need we want to get you in front like we want to develop because you want to keep people there like um there are a couple of sites that escape my mind that are launching soon just because people are black and indigenous and like a whole bunch of minorities are ready to divest from tiktok because they're not getting their proper so it's like there are two uh apps that really i'm so sorry they escaped my mind right now that are on that are coming that a lot of black people are going to be on very soon so we need to um, keep an eye out for those no absolutely joe as, as you built your following and, and are building your career how do, how important are the numbers to you like have you seen changes in what's accessible to you or what's offered <laughs> to you or give, give us an idea from uh, a creator point of view yeah so I don't know. It's it's difficult because I think each creator has their own story to tell. For me personally, TikTok has been awesome. Like uh, I have never experienced this much growth this fast. And, I'm, and I have a following on Facebook and Instagram and now on TikTok and I have a little following on YouTube. But I in a, in a few months did what it took me to do in two years on TikTok, you know, instead of being on Instagram. So TikTok has been great to me. I have experienced and I and I've and I've gotten to the bad side of TikTok and I get it. But for me, it's been just growth. And that's the power that these platforms give us. So yeah, are they perfect? Of course not. But the power that these platforms give us is to not have gatekeepers anymore. You know what I'm saying? So now instead of me having to go, you know, hustle at a radio station to get, you know, on air, or maybe I have to, you know, go to a bunch of auditions. Look, I can be Joe Stone now today and I can build this platform, find people that want my content and I don't have to bow down to anybody else. There's no boss to tell me what I can and can't talk about. There's nobody cutting my checks other than me. And so I just think a lot of it's just to do with the opportunity. Now there's no gatekeepers. And I like the fact that that now we can take control of it. And is it perfect? No, but... I mean, everything takes time to evolve. And I think we should hold these platforms feet to the fire and make them keep improving. But we also have to just, you know, take appreciation for the fact that we even have these opportunities to be able to create these platforms, you know, more or less freely. Without the gatekeepers. Clayton, what about that whole gatekeeper issue? Because that's been a huge thing, too, in, in Hollywood with TVs and with TV, film, with everything creative. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you described it perfectly. You know, they control the purse, they control the access. So they have to be willing to let people in. And But one thing I always want us to always be mindful of as well, and this is coming from, you know, as someone who's half Latino, half black, and and and, and has, has had, you know, within his own experiences, trouble feeling like they fit into either community. You know, I always say, though, sometimes the hardest people that can be on us is our own. Like black people can be the hardest on other black people. Latinos can be the hardest on Latinos more than white people ever could. So the, the, what I've always wanted to see is a uniting of the minority groups really coming together because your success is my success. I celebrate Chloe Zhao winning best director because that is something for the minority community that we can all celebrate. You know, I, th I think too often we try to, 
stay, you know, singular in our in our in our vision of and listen, no one's going to argue that black oppression in America has been the worst of any group. But we need to come together because there's because then we're not minorities anymore. We become a majority because, like Joe said earlier, 13 percent of the population. But you start adding us all together. We start making up a majority and then we can really institute some change. change. That's what needs to happen. All right. We're just about out of time. Um, Clayton, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Clayton Davis, Joe Stone, great to have you with us. Therese Smith, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Screen Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.